Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hanson. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome to Polygamy, What Love Is This? I'm your host, Doris Hansen, and with our co-host, Earl Erskine, we challenge the teachings of the early Mormon and present-day polygamous leaders. Again, before we get started, I'd just like to remind anyone who would like to escape from polygamy, or if you know someone who needs to get out, you can call our toll-free number, 877-425-9993, and we can discuss how we can help you. Uh, And it's very confidential, by the way. You can also go to our website, shieldandrefuge.org to find out more about how we can help you and what we do. If you would like to contact us about any of our shows or if you'd like to be on our show, you can email us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. And also, if you'd like audio versions of the program, they are now available to download and take with you. And you can find that information on how to do it on our website's main page. You can go to soundcloud.com slash what love is this? And now I'd like to thank Earl Erskine, <laughs> Bishop Earl, for coming back. Yep. Um, uh, former nice bishop to... in the LDS Church. That's right. For five uh, years out in Sandy, actually. And, and lifetime Mormon. Yes. And so you know the Book of Mormon from Yeah, this is just fascinating good. because it really strikes home with me of what I used to believe and what and I the same, can yeah. see now. And what you can yeah. see now. And that's yeah. the whole point. And this is part two of the keystone of the Mormon faith, which is the Book of Mormon. The mainstream LDS Church has always considered and treated the Book of Mormon as a keystone of their religion, and the Mormon polygamists also embrace the Book of Mormon as their most important religious book. However, we find that the Book of Mormon presents little resemblance to contemporary Mormonism, either the LDS Church or polygamy groups. This is, like we said, uh, part two of our two-part series, quizzing our viewers on what you know about the Book of Mormon. Uh, you can find this quiz on the website mrm.org, and it asks the questions uh, originally, and we got most of these questions from that. However, I've, I've added a couple in this particular one. Uh, we would like to qu- ha- quote something from mormonthink.com however, before we get started. Yeah, how can the Book of Mormon contain the fullness of the gospel when it's silent or even contradictory in some cases regarding basic doctrines of Mormonism? Good question. Those things we, we covered last time, mm-hmm. just amazing. And, and this is an honest question. It's a question that every person who believes in that book should sure. ask. Yeah. And there's another quote from mormonthink.com that I find a fascinating response. Joseph Smith's real achievement wasn't the Book of Mormon, it was the church he established. Without the church, I doubt the Book of Mormon would still be read by anyone. Moreover, the Book of Mormon doesn't even stand the test of time during Joseph Smith's own lifetime, because his revelations quickly moved from beyond the Book of Mormon. Today, the book is revered more as a symbol of the restoration than for its contents, and that's by Don Vogel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and that's a very good quote, and yeah. and I believe that's true. That if it if it wasn't uh, for Mormonism, nobody would ever be reading the Book of Mormon. No. I mean, it isn't that important of a book. 
So in spite of investigating truth um, and, and the spirit of investigating truth, let's continue where we left off last time with the Book of Mormon Quidge, which you can find on the MRM.org website. So the next question is number 12, and yeah, which quiz is one. that? <laughs> where in the Book of Mormon does it teach that there are three degrees of glory? Wow. Okay, three degrees of glory. This was a big one for me when, when I was well, uh, studying the truth. important, yeah. It does, yeah. And it may surprise some of our viewers to know that the celestial, terrestrial, and telestial kingdoms are never mentioned in the Book of Mormon. In fact, just like the Bible, the Book of Mormon alludes to only two places in eternity, to be with God in heaven or to believe with un be with unbelievers in hell. Now, we know the LDS do not believe in the hell that the Bible teaches. The polygamists do believe in hell, but they don't teach the biblical way to stay out of hell or the biblical way to get into heaven. The three degrees of glory doesn't exist. The biblical reference to celestial and terrestrial is referring to the moon and the stars of God's creation. The context has no bearing whatsoever on our eternal dwelling place. And the word telestial <laughs> was coined by Joseph Smith. It wasn't even a word. So... Shocking. Shocking. <laughs> when you think about it. Oh, well, it really it is. So, yeah. so many people believe in the lie. Yeah. Okay, the next this question is, is on the quiz. This is a big one. Where <laughs> in the Book of Mormon does it say that God allowed the Nephites to practice polygamy? Okay, that's a good question. And of course, this is the kind of question that I like yeah. to dig my teeth into. If you said the Book of Mormon doesn't teach polygamy, you're right again. In fact, Jacob 2.27 told the Nephites they were to have only one wife and no concubines at all. And another good point to make about polygamy and the Book of Mormon is that there are many passages in the keystone book of their religion that forbids and condemns polygamy. Unbelievable that Joseph Smith, who wrote both the Book of Mormon and the Doctrine and Covenants, condemns polygamy in the one book, then praises and commands it in the other book. For example, <laughs> Jacob chapter 2, But the word of God burdens me because of your grosser crimes. For behold, thus saith the Lord, this people begin to wax in iniquity. They understand not the scriptures, for they seek to excuse themselves in committing whoredoms because of the things which were written concerning David and Solomon his son. Behold, David and Solomon truly had many wives and concubines, which thing was abominable before me, saith the Lord. Okay, now notice David and Solomon's uh, having my wives and concubines was abominable to God. Keep that in mind as we read Doctrine and Covenants 132.1. Uh, this struck me so hard when I read it first time. Verily thus saith the Lord unto you, my servant Joseph, that inasmuch as you have inquired of my hand to know and understand wherein I, the Lord, justified my servants Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, as also Moses, David, and Solomon, my servants, as touching the principle and doctrine of their having many wives and concubines. So he condemned it in one. Justified it. Justified it in the other. Yep. That is a schizophrenic God. That is a God who doesn't exist because God, the biblical God, the true God is not a God of confusion or contradiction. It's not moral on one hand and immoral on the other with him. It seems that whatever Joseph Smith wanted to do, 
the way he talked about it, God would just pat him on the back and say, okay, go do it. It's okay with me. I'll just give you a revelation to back you up. (laughs) Ignoring the holiness of God, Joseph Smith turned him into someone who merely winked at all his sins and his doctrines and practice of polygamy is a prime example of that statement. The next quiz on the Book of Mormon quiz, question on the Book of Mormon quiz is not on the mrm.org website. It's one of my own question uh, based on Joseph Smith's own practice of polygamy. Kind of expands the whole idea here. Yeah. Where in the Book of Mormon does it give any man the command to take multiple wives, to take in plural marriage already married women, and to seduce 14-year-old girls into spiritual wifery? Now, if you said that's not in the Book of Mormon, you're right again. So why did Joseph Smith and the early Mormons and present-day polygamists do these things? If the Book of Mormon is the keystone of their religion and they can get closer to God by reading and applying its precepts, why aren't there precepts in the Book of Mormon? Instead of commanding men to be involved in spiritual adultery, the Book of Mormon forbids it. Yeah, Jacob 1. And now it came to pass that the people of Nephi, under the reign of the second king, began to grow hard in their hearts and indulge themselves somewhat in wicked practices, such as like unto David of old, desiring many wives and concubines, and also Solomon, his son. So here polygamy is described as being wicked. Wicked. Mosiah 11 verse 2 says, For behold, he did not keep the commandments of God, but he did walk after the desires of his own heart, and he had many wives and concubines. So again, that's keeping out of the commandments of God. And that's repeated in Ether. Replikish did not do that which was right in the sight of the Lord, for he had many wives and concubines. So there's many Again, places. Again, condemning it. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's many places in the Book of Mormon that polygamy is not okay. And now, according to the passages in the Book of Mormon, the commandments of God that they broke was taking many wives and concubines. Yet Joseph Smith had 34 wives. Brigham Young had 56 wives. Heber C. Kimball had 56, had 45 wives. Warren Jeffs had at least 80 wives. Paul Kingston has over 30 wives. What is wrong with this picture? We urge our polygamous viewers to take this to its logical conclusion. Think this through. Think outside of the box. Study material that's critical of your religion just for the sake of learning critical thinking. That will help you find errors. But most importantly, ask God to show you the truth no matter what it is. Okay, our next question on the quiz. Where in the Book of Mormon does it say that if a man wishes to be saved, he must have a woman by his side? That makes the woman the Savior, doesn't it? Well, in In a way. And it also applies to the woman, then. She must have a man by her side. Well, if you said it's not there, you're right, because (laughs) it's not in the Book of Mormon. But a prophet named Brigham Young taught the opposite. Yep, and I guess Spencer Kimball in The Miracle of Forgiveness quotes him, No man can be perfect without the woman, so no woman can be perfect without a man to lead her. I tell you the truth as it, as it is in the bosom of eternity. If he wishes to be saved, he cannot be saved without a woman by his side. So there's so many little things that people have to do to get saved in Mormonism. Yet the Book of Mormon doesn't teach this. And according to Brigham Young, this is how Mormons get eternal life. It's a foundational doctrine. And the prophet won't lead the people astray. I know. 
but that isn't in their Book of Mormon or in the Bible either. In fact, 1 Corinthians, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, taught that being sin single was a very good way to be. We have a couple of quotes for that. I don't, yeah, I don't think that. these are in their manuals very often. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 7, are you unmarried? Do not look for a wife. Hey, there you are. Yeah. And the other one is, I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife, and his interests are divided. No, he's not saying it's wrong to no, be married, no. but it certainly isn't necessary to be married to please God. And in Matthew 19, 12, Jesus himself said, others have renounced marriage because of the kingdom of heaven. The one who accept this should accept it. So if Jesus himself said that renouncing marriage is acceptable, how can Joseph Smith or Brigham Young or anyone else change what Jesus said and, and, and replace it with their own contradictory ideas? They hold on to it as if the Book of Mormon teaches such things, and it doesn't. And listen to this. When Joseph Smith changed the King James Bible into the Joseph Smith version, he didn't change those verses about staying single. So why the big deal about having to be married? Believe it or not, it has its basis in polygamy, which was never God's way anyway. He hadn't come up with that idea yet, I guess. <laughs> not yet. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Our next question. Where in the Book of Mormon does it say that faithful members must wear sacred undergarments that have the power to protect them? Well, now some polyg polygamists do wear the garments, mm. and some of them don't. It's just this particular. They've been through the LDS temples, or they just they used to have the, some of them have their own. Okay. And some of them some of them would do that uh, years ago. The early Mormon polygamy, of course, is the origin of the Mormons wearing garments today. It actually, without polygamy <laughs> and the doctrines that it produced, today's Mormonism would really be pretty empty. That's true. But anyway, the Book of Mormon never mentions garments of the Holy Priesthood, yet Temple Mormons and some polygamists believe that the garments will be a shield of a protection to them against the power of evil. But the Bible teaches that it is God alone who protects us. Nothing made by man can do God's work. God alone is our protector. Nothing on earth or in the heavens has the power to overcome his protection of us. So wearing garments is just another way to tell God you don't need him, that you don't That's trust true. him alone to do what he said he'd do. And they are, they are the ones, of course, who God will turn away from entrance into his kingdom. Mm. Sad. It is. It's, it's, it's more serious than they can comprehend. When they think that they're doing it themselves. Yeah. Next question on the quiz. Okay. Where in the Book of Mormon does it say that the black race, seed of Cain, survived the flood because the devil needed a representation on earth? The Book of Mormon doesn't say that. Hmm. Nope, it doesn't. And that's an awful doctrine. I yeah. hate that doctrine. But John Taylor, an LDS prophet, said this. Yeah, Journal of Discourses. And after the flood, we are told that the curse that had been pronounced upon Cain was continued through Ham's wife as he had married a wife of that seed. And why did it pass through the flood? Because it was necessary that the devil should have a representation upon the earth as well as God. 
Now, of course, wow. there's no evidence for John Taylor's statement, but isn't that awful? That isn't that is a horrible awful. thing to say? The devil had needed a representation. And so he did it through black people? Yeah. How horrible. God made all humans in his image, and so this actually is reflecting on what they think about God, yeah. if you look at it that way. Now, God, knowing all things in advance, knew that people would listen to bad doctrine. He warned us in the Bible that people would teach what he called doctrines of demons in 1 Timothy 4.1. John Taylor's teaching is definitely such a doctrine. And the Mormon polygamists still practice discrimination against those with dark skin. Mm. The Book of Mormon is racist, but it does not support John Taylor or other Mormon prophets who said the blacks are a necessary representation of the devil on earth. These are some awful and embarrassing quotes about uh, from the Book of Mormon about dark skin, and here is one of them. This one, however, is from the 1830 Book of Mormon, not okay. the present day. Yeah has been changed. And the gospel of Jesus Christ shall be declared among them, wherefore their scales of darkness shall begin to fall from their eyes, and many generations shall not pass away among them, save they shall be a white and a lightsome people. Okay, that was in the 1830 Book of Mormon, which is now 2 Nephi 30, verse 6, and they've changed that to be pure and delightsome instead of white and delights them because of its racist undertones. Yeah. The original Book of Mormon uh, it has been changed. So why the change? Why did they change it? If it's a keystone book, if it's more perfect than any book, why did they change? Did they change it's a doctrinal change, it? too. It's oh, not just it a punctuation change. That's right. Arguments from those who defend the Book of Mormon claim they don't know why God changed his mind about blacks and the curse and the mark of Cain and dark skin being equivalent to wickedness and withholding the priesthood from the blacks. But God allows it now, so we need to move on and forget the past. It's easy. <laughs> no, we don't. There have been a lot of bad doctrine and past discrimination to answer for. It's nice to blame it on God, but the blame does not belong to God. In fact, here is an appropriate statement that someone made about how they justify their past racism. I thought it was worth quoting. Okay. Interesting that you put this off on God. Nothing to do with human racism, eh? It's all God's fault. Get gets Brigham Young and all the Mormon racists up until the 1978 off the hook. <laughs> and that's the way they do. That is. That's the way they do things. They justify their past uh, ungodly behaviors and doctrines by saying, we don't know why God said to do it, but... And they still say that about Joseph Smith's polygamy, thinking it lets them off the hook, and then they go forward as if nothing was ever wrong. But these are the roots of Mormonism. And Jesus said, bad root cannot produce good fruit. Something to think about. It really is something to think about. Okay, our next, next question. question. Mm -hmm. Where in the Book of Mormon does it say that God is the offspring of another God who, in turn, is the offspring of still another God? And so it goes. And so on, so on, and so on. And again, if you answered it's not in the Book of Mormon, you're right. However, Joseph Smith said this. If Jesus Christ was the Son of God, and John discovered that God the Father of Jesus Christ had a father, you may suppose that he had a father also. 
Well, first of all, John did not discover any such thing. I don't know what he's talking about there, but we talked about this concept uh, in the in the first show that we did on this uh, Keystone book, um, that God is the only God who ever was, who is, and who ever will be. Now, some people say that this means that God is the only God with whom we have to do, the only God that rules this world, but that there are other gods ruling other worlds. Well, their Book of Mormon doesn't say or imply that. That cannot be an answer. In fact, when Alma chapter 11 in the Book of Mormon records there's only one true and living God, by definition, that means there's only one God in existence, period. A scripture that we quoted on this show quite a long time ago, relevant to this topic, is relevant to quote again from Jeremiah. Yeah, chapter 10. But when the Lord is the true but the Lord is the true God. He is the living God, the eternal King. When he is angry, the earth trembles. The nations cannot endure his wrath. Tell them this. These gods who did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. But God made the earth by his power. He founded the world by his wisdom and stretched out the heavens by his understanding. When he thunders, the waters in the heavens roar. He makes clouds rise from the ends of the earth. He sends lightning with the rain and brings out the wind from his storehouses. Everyone is senseless and without knowledge. Every goldsmith is shamed by his idols. His images are a fraud. They have no breath in them. They are worthless, the objects of mockery. When their judgments come, they will perish. Now this is talking about idols, idolatry, yes. and false gods. They will perish. Believing and teaching a plurality of gods is idolatry. And God said that all the false gods of the nations will perish and all the people who believe in these false gods will also perish. That's another mm. thing that's serious enough to think about wholeheartedly. The next question is another question that's not in the original on MRM.org, but I added it because of its relevance to the United Order, which Mormon polygamists force on their members. Even now, right? Oh, yes, yeah. absolutely. I mean, the United Order, that was something early on, too, in the history. In the history of Mormon Church. So where in the Book of Mormon does it teach that the United Order is required by God's people and they have no right to own personal property or control their own resources? <laughs> Guess where? Have you ever read it in the Book of Mormon? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Because it's not there. It's no. not in their Keystone book. Um, and this is another practice that uh, has no basis in the Bible or the Book of Mormon. Mm -hmm. Now, the Doctrine and Covenants, like yeah. the Word of Wisdom, you'll find it in there. In, in uh, Doctrine and Covenants 92, verse 1, it refers to the United Order, but that's not the Book of Mormon, the Keystone mm -hmm. Book. Mm -hmm. And in Doctrine and Covenants 42, it talks about the United Order, which was supposed to be focused on helping the poor. And so we quote... Therefore, the residue shall be kept in my storehouse to administer to the poor and the needy. And for the purposes of purchasing lands for the public benefit of the church and building houses of worship and building up of the new Jerusalem, which is hereafter to be revealed. Now, this is interesting because it gave two reasons for the united order in these. One was to help the poor and the other one was to build buildings, build buildings. And, and all that, which the Mormon church is very great <laughs> at doing that. Yes. Now, Joseph Smith and later Brigham Young gave up on trying to enforce a fully cooperative 
which is communistic Mormon United Order. Yeah. They tried, but it didn't work. Right. And it can't work because it isn't even. It doesn't evenly uh, distribute the work and the productivity. It'll never work because of that. But many polygamy groups to this day force the oppressive practice of the United Order on their members. <clears throat> I grew up in a United Order. I know what I'm not talking about. Yeah. And if you've been watching the FLDS and what's been going on with them and their food stamp fraud and all that, it all That's has to do with, with the, the United Order. And turning everything over to the turning church. Turning everything over to the church. Yeah. Uh, and it's very oppressive the way when you get right in and see how it goes on, it's very oppressive. They dictate how members can spend money and they guilt trip those who dare to spend any money on themselves without good reason or permission from the leaders. Wow. Doctrine and Covenants 42 tells us the excess of consecrated money, that's money given into the United Order and property, was to be used to administer to the poor and needy. Yet, the United Order forces its members into awful poverty. They don't help the poor, they, they make them poor. It's, a, it's an opposite of what they do. You can't spend a dime. You can't spend money. You have to give every bit of your property and all of your resources to them. So the leadership controls the Leadership funds. controls it all. Many times polygamous families sift through garbage cans and dumpsters to gather food. That's how they help feed their families and save their precious money for the group. So once again, the keystone of the Mormon faith does not reflect the beliefs of the Mormon faith. So why use the Book of Mormon? In its full sense of the term, it cannot be the keystone of the Mormon faith at all, as we have easily shown. So we ask our viewers, how did you do on your quiz? How would you have done? I would have done really well on the quiz with the, with the idea, though, that I knew that since I'd read the Book of Mormon so many times, that those things weren't in there, but hopefully it would have made me think, well, what am I believing? Why is, why is this Book of Mormon so important if it doesn't even teach the basic things that I believe in Mormonism? Yeah. And in fact, in some cases, as you've said, they, it actually contradicts those things. We just aren't thinking. As I've said before, I think we put all of those scriptures together and just assume that they're all saying the same thing. We don't separate the Bible, right. what it says and doesn't say, and what the Book of Mormon says and doesn't and, say. And the Bible stands alone. We don't need the Book of Absolutely. Mormon anything. It stands Absolutely. all by itself and it's complete, it's full. Every one of the Christian's doctrines are in the Bible. Uh, and, and, and I'm just saying as a Mormon or as a polygamist, you, you look at those things as a package, mm -hmm. that they're all right. saying the same thing. But, they but don't. they're not, but absolutely they not. Well, there's other great websites to uh, study on Mormonism and Mormon fu fundamentalism. We got this from MRM.org. We're going to put some on the screen here where you can get an honest and historical perspective of um, much of what Mormonism believes in early Mormonism and even in today, which a lot of it is also the Mormon fundamentalists um, believe, and they do deal quite a bit with polygamy on those websites as well. So we are closing now, part two. Thank yeah, you thank again, you. Very Earl. fascinating. We appreciate it fascinating. very much. Yeah. You know, Jesus said, I am the truth. 
Obviously, in order to find and understand truth, we need to find and understand Jesus. I hear some people say, read every word that Jesus spoke, which would be the words in red in the four Gospels, and we would have truth. Yet many of those people still don't believe even what Jesus spoke. Jesus said his words would never pass away. He said the word of God, uh, the works that God requires is to believe in Jesus. He said the gates of hell will not prevail against his church, yet the foundation of Mormonism teaches the opposites of all those things. Jesus said there are no marriages in heaven. So why do Mormons and polygamists still embrace the eternal marriage ritual? That question I'd like to have answered. These are honest questions that need to be honestly answered. Thanks for watching. God bless. This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.